Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The new year is upon us, and the new Bundy Bear has been unleashed. Oh, I'm so excited. It was, uh, it was a great launch today. We unveiled the car and the new scheme for 2010, and it looks amazing. We'll look at all that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Fabian Coulthard and Andrew Thompson have unveiled the new Bundy Red Racing livery for season 2010. This week, Coulthard said he's confident of being a front runner this season. Um, basically, you know, my, the biggest goal for me is to, you know, consistently run in the top ti- top five and aim for a few podium results in, you know, in a couple of races. Coulthard said he's not worried about the ban on alcohol sponsorship in the first two rounds of the season. That's not a big thing, you know. It's still going to be known as the Bundy Red Racing Car in Australia, and um, you know all those points count in the Middle East for our championship at the end of the year. Kevin Fitzsimmons from Dunlop has told the V8 Insiders about his thoughts on the first year of the new soft tyres. The soft tyre, I think, did exactly what V8 Supercars wanted it to achieve with mixing up, having different results. Ideally, maybe it'd be good to have a set each day so that everybody gets a chance to have a win. But it's part of the strategy, you know, to play it out and. And, and go from there. But, it, you know, the actual tyre performance, I, mean, I thought, was exceptionally good. So that was really good. Fitzsimmons has said what the plans for the Dunlop tyre in 2010 could be. We're probably about as soft as we'd want to go now. Maybe a tyre in between the two is a possibility. But, yeah, we just have to sit down and really nut it out and work out what circuit we're going to do it at. I'll sit back and put Bathurst and Phillip Island probably in the same category as far as the t- two most severe loading circuits on the tyre, two totally different types of load, but you know, the, the hardest tire circuits on tyres. So you'd sit back and go, yep, OK, Bathurst, Phillip Island is the current tyre, and p- probably a majority of the other circuits you'd get away with a softer option, but you would need more of them because of the, the wear rate of the tyre, or do we have one in between and then a softer one again or something? But... It can all be done. It's just a matter of production quantities and things like that. Charlie Swarthcott told the V8 Insiders that he's looking forward to becoming more involved in the series as he has accepted the alternate board member position that was vacated by Tim Miles as the sale of Sprint Gas Racing went through. Been appointed alternate director, so I picked that up um, for, uh, I think, at the end of the year. Charlie also said that he expects some Ford money to come into the team in 2010. Yeah, we're talking closely with Ford. We've got a, um, a good relationship with Ford. Uh, we'd certainly like their support, have the, the Ford factory uh, support for sure. Um, we're talking a lot, and there's, there's, there's a possibility of being there with Ford, but nothing's done at the moment. We're just talking and working close together. Jason Bagwana is looking forward to a big 2010 as he moves to the Jack Daniels racing team. The season starts so early, there's no real break. Um, we're already in the process of locking down our sponsorship contracts and, uh, and agreements and bits and pieces. 
over the next week or so we'll finalise all the details and um, you know be ready to move on early in February. David Bernard and Greg Ritter have signed with Gary Rogers Motorsport for the Enduros. Unlike this year, though, they will not be driving together as rule changes at the end of last season will see the two pairing with Lethal and Robbo, better known as Lee Holsworth and Michael Caruso. Three high-profile driver managers, Dale Rogers, David Siegel and Paul Marinelli, have told V8X magazine that they feel V8 Supercars needs to find more money from consumer manufacturers and consumer products if the sport is to reach the next level. The three men who guide the careers of some of the most talented drivers in the sport don't deny the achievements of the series, but feel it will not overtake the it will not take on the AFLs of the sporting world until corporates acknowledge the power of the series by putting their money in it. Also in VHX magazine, Simon McNamara has said he wants Holden domination of the 2010 V8 Supercar Series. Ford fans might have a bit to worry about, with more than half the field being Holden's now. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Alan Edwards and Gordon Lomas join me. And on this week's White Flag Lap, Kim Jones talks about his life in the V8 Supercars and hopes for 2010. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing and you're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders for the first time in 2010. It was the year we made contact as far as Arthur C. Clarke was concerned. A few futurists of our own are joining us this week on the V8 Insiders with, from Motorsport Legends, it is none other than Big Pond Sports' own Alan Edwards. Good evening. I'm going great. Hope you had a good Christmas and a a very happy New Year. I certainly did and I hope you did as well. I'm sure equally as happy with his new year is from V8X magazine Gordon Lomas. Good evening Gordo. Yeah, g'day Craig. Happy new year to you guys and uh, to all the people tuning into this podcast. A very happy new year to everyone. It has been an interesting start to the year already. The announcements being made of course uh, right before Christmas. Uh, V8 insiders broke the news that uh, Brad Jones Racing has got Jason Bright around the traps, the worst-kept secret in motorsport. But uh, for the punters, they probably were still asking what's going on there. Of course, Murphy was announced with the uh, Castrol Edge sponsorship at Paul Morris Motorsport, another one that uh, was not too big a surprise for the insiders. And then, of course, uh, to this week, it was the launch of the Bundaberg Red Racing Team, a two-car outfit where... uh, some might say, Alan, that uh, Andrew Thompson bought himself a seat. Others would say that uh, maybe David Reynolds didn't do enough to keep his. Um, oh, I, I guess, you know, it depends which way you look at it. I mean, I, I guess um, the reality of motorsport these days is that you've got to bring sponsorship and, and that you've got, to, you've got to bring dollars. And, uh, 
in this particular case, um, the sponsors wanted Andrew Thompson and didn't want David Reynolds. And that's, you know, to, to use an old phrase, that's unfortunately the way the cookie crumbles. I think that um, David will be back at some stage down the track, but um, in a full-time drive, but uh, obviously just not this year. Gordo, it's interesting where sponsors have always had a huge amount of say on who gets into the seat. But I guess one interesting story that's come out of your V8 Expedition by Steve Harkness is that the managers are saying that for V8s to really take the next step and break away from that fifth or sixth Australian biggest Australian sport, they need to get more consumer names on the side of the cars. And when I say consumer names, I mean names that aren't associated with the automotive industry. Yeah, look, it's the um, it, it's the old uh, the old chestnut raising its its head again. Uh, unfortunately, you know, as with uh, the David Reynolds case, it's the commercial reality of the sport um, means that they to, to take the next level to get sponsors like your perfume companies, your you know your washing powder companies, all all the fast food companies you see in NASCAR, that type of thing. Look, we haven't got the population, nor have we got the, uh, you know, the revenue to generate that sort of, uh, that sort of um, commitment to our sport. Um, commercially, I think we can do a lot better um, in terms of making the sport a lot more, you know, attractive for those people to come in. Um, and that's what that's really what needs to be targeted is, you know, just how costly this sport is. Alan, as much as you're a V8 insider, of course, you are a very big insider in the automotive industry. And the automotive industry can't really continue to keep financing V8 supercars with the way it has been uh, going itself. No, I think you're right there. And I think um, Gordon hit the nail on the head when he said um, about the expense of the sport. And, you know, we we all know that they're, they're looking into the car of the future and that sort of thing. And I think that's uh, paramount for the um, for the future of the sport because it's not that, from my understanding, it's not that these FMG companies that we've been talking about um, don't want to get involved in the sport. It's just a case of, in Australia, they can't afford to because those companies here aren't as big as what they perhaps are in the United States. It's interesting, though, uh, guys, because uh, we have seen a couple of those uh, companies come on board over the years. I remember Wayne Gardner launched his Coca-Cola team with Neil Crompton. I remember there was the uh, Pepsi cars, which, uh, what was that, McDougal was driving years and years ago. So they've put their toe in the water, but they've never been solid at the front of the field, have they? I think that just, as I said before, it just comes back to a cost thing. They're just... Um they get into the sport perhaps not realising what it costs to run consistently at the front and uh, when they find out they um, quickly realise, you know, quickly do their figures on their marketing budgets and quickly realise that their money can probably be better spent somewhere else and that hurts for someone like me who's a real motorsport fan to say that but I guess that's something that the sport's got to address and uh, what it certainly is looking at doing. I think, you know, V8 Supercars Australia are certainly well aware that the costs need to come down for the sport to continue to thrive. We saw in A1GP, which is never a good thing, Gordo, to draw allegiance to, but since you're the Queenslander, you have the most affinity for them. And um, Gordo, of course, the A1 Grand Prix, which... uh, 
but you being a Queensland have such an affinity for has always been the New Zealand team was always sponsored by Fisher and Paykel. So even those types of series can find some household consumer names to get on the cars. Less and less, though, in Formula One are you seeing those sort of products? Yeah, you know, I mean, Formula One's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Um, it's, uh, it's like comparing apples and oranges to, uh, to V8 supercars. But, uh, look, you know, it's been done in the past. Um, you know, we touched on, touched on it before. Uh, you know, um, some of these sponsors uh, outside, well outside the automotive industry uh, have been, you know, involved in touring car racing in this country you know, years years ago. Do you remember, you know, Sonova's Vitamins with Alan Moffat and, and that type of thing, GIO Insurance with the Forbes team, you know. Um, so, it, it, look, it's not impossible, but um, just the current climate, you know, I think we're a fair way off. Alan, is that what V8 Supercards needs to be able to get to the level of the AFLs of the rugby leagues? Yeah, I... I mean, eventually, but um, again, Gordon touched on it in, in the current climate. I think what we're forgetting at the moment is that we are in the middle of a, um, a downcline, a recession, whatever the politicians want to call it this week. Um, I think um, Roland Dane touches on it beautifully in, uh, in his column in V8X, uh, it, where he says that, you know, we really should look around and, and think about how lucky we are that our series is still thriving when a lot around the world are, are really struggling and uh, and... You know, we should perhaps, for a change, look at some of the positives. I think sometimes inside the V8 supercar fraternity and, and in, in some quarters of the media, we tend to dwell on the negatives too much and uh, don't look at the positives. And I think it's a, it's a great positive that, uh, that the V8 supercars is currently thriving in this climate. But this is coming from the man who has the number one consumer product on the side of his cars, mobile phones. Gordon's... Yeah, look, I, I, I kind of... I, I, I agree and I disagree with those comments. Um, I, I think, you know, while, it, you know, we, we, you know the, 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 the whole picture is reasonably healthy at the moment, we've still got to, we've still got to sit back um, and, and, you know, dwell on it. We've, we've got to sit back and a- absolutely plan for the future, for the next step, because when some of these big corporations decide to pull the pin, who's coming in behind them? Um, and, you know, I'm, t- I'm talking from a series point of view and a team point of view. Um, I-, I really think that um, we've got to be on the ball 100% of the time and keep a step ahead of the game. Well, we're going to find out about that step that you want to take in just a few moments, but we'll have plenty more after the break on the V8 Insiders. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders from V8X Magazine. Hot on the shelves at the newsagents is Gordon Lomas and 
from Big Pond Sport and, of course, motorsport legends. It is Alan Edwards. And, guys, before the break, you were talking about the next step. Well, the V8 Supercars has conquered Sydney. They've got Middle East about to arrive on our doorstep. So what is the next What is the next final frontier for V8 Supercars? Well, I think that, um, again, this is probably going to sound a bit boring, but I really think we need to consolidate um, Rather than looking at, uh, at new frontiers, I think we need to perhaps revisit some of uh, some of the others or some of the existing rounds, particularly the, the Sandowns and the Queensland Raceways. We've got to make those events work. Um, V8 Supercars Australia and, and John Petley have got to sort out their differences. I mean, if Sandown and Queensland Raceway don't happen, uh, neither Melbourne nor Brisbane have a, um, a round close to the city. That's I guess if you call uh, Ipswich close to Brisbane, but certainly in Melbourne's case, um, that would leave us with just Winton and Phillip Island, and uh, neither of those, you could say, were, were close to the city at all. So I really think that whether it's through promotion or through you know clever marketing or, or, or whatever, those two events need to be um, really you know consolidated, and, and also of course um, we've got to look over at Perth as well, where. Uh, becoming blatantly obvious that the West Australian government are not interested in a street race. So, therefore, we've got to um, make uh, Barbagallo work as well. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think, um, I think historically the, uh, the permanent tracks, i.e. Winton, um, you know, Sandown particularly, um, and Barbagallo, um, to a lesser extent, Queensland Raceway, it's only been around 10 years. Um, I think we've got to really you know, cement those in uh, for a firm future. And, you know, the root of the problem is um, th there's too much animosity between V8 supercars and the, promote the track promoters themselves. Um, you know, uh, you can't blame one or the other. They're both to blame. Um, and I think, uh, I think there really needs to be a serious look at how the whole operation functions in terms of serious point of view and the promoters because... Uh, you know, uh, the, the Queensland Raceway situation is, is, is really on a knife edge at the moment and, um, and you know, th there needs to be um, an amicable uh, solution to the problem uh, urgently. Well, it's interesting because it looks like upgrading of permanent circuits to me is the next frontier because if you've just been to Sydney, if you've just been to Townsville, to the Gold Coast, to Eclipsal, to the Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix... And your next event is Sandown, Winton, Oran Park, uh, Eastern Creek, um, you know, any of those permanent circuits that have been uh, left a little bit because they, they don't get the uh, attention that a street circuit gets, then you're probably going to be a bit disappointed. And you're probably going, I was just in this flash mega event and then I come here to the 1960s yeah but you know I, I mean you, you've also got to have a look at um i mean you, you say it's the 1960s but you, you look at some of the um the things that you know sandown's done in recent times with um some of its you know its innovations and what have you i, I think it's certainly um getting there and Overall, I don't think that um, that Sandown's a, a particularly bad track. It's not like the old days where you're, you're out in the, you know, up to your um, ankles in mud and, and that sort of thing. Uh, 
actually think that it can work there. It, it's just a case of uh, promoting the event and, and, and making it work. In, in fact, Sandown this year was was definitely the best um, was definitely the best permanent circuit I went to all year. Um, and I think uh, was it John Smales that had the work with Norton Antivirus that really gave that atmosphere there a huge boost. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that's the sort of um, innovative marketing that I'm talking about and that, that some of the other uh, permanent circuits need to look at as well. I mean, even look at, uh, at, at Phillip Island and, uh, you know, V8 Supercars Australia have um, done a, a great job in, you know, marketing that event and that's basically a permanent track, albeit a, a pretty good one. It, it is a, a permanent track at the end of the day. Mm. Gordon, your final thoughts before Gas and Go? Um, look, yeah, I, I, I think, um, and it's, it's been said by the administrators uh, certainly in the last six months, that there needs to be a period of consolidation, um, expansion um, to these far-flung parts of the world, I think, uh, you know, um, uh, certainly uh, won't continue um, next year. Um, the next port of call will probably be 2012 and probably be somewhere in Southeast Asia, um, probably Singapore. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, you know, uh, the number one issue um, grating motorsport purists at the moment is the treatment and future of some of these permanent circuits, and we can't afford to lose them. Yes. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine with the Bundaberg Red Racing cars on the cover and, of course, the new Murph ride as well. The best place for the latest news as well as the best features. And Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. Five questions, three minutes. What's the weirdest sponsorship in Australian touring car racing history, Alan? Um, the thing that come, the thing that springs to mind when I first read that is the uh, the smart card sponsorship that Mark Larkham had for a little while that I don't believe any money ever hit his bank account because to me what is a smart card? Does anyone even know whether that company existed? That was just um, to me a, a very weird sponsorship and uh, points out to that some of the uh, the crooks that uh, that can get involved in motorsport. Gordo, yeah, I didn't particularly. Uh... Uh, go for that one, but mate, the first thing that springs into my mind was uh, Daily Planet. Um, you know the uh, the old uh, massage parlour in Melbourne. Uh, that was a that was a classic. Um, you know uh, that was uh, back in the nineties um, with uh, with Trimble, um, and uh, it certainly uh, certainly spiced up the uh, the on track activities for as long as it was allowed to be on there, and that was mine as well. Who is the most daring, Gordo, of the current teams? that is likely to look outside the box for sponsorship? Daring. Uh, yeah, um, daring could mean anything. Um, daring could mean smart or, or risky or... Um, you don't know, how, don't know which way to look at that, but, um, you know, the, the commercially switched-on teams, are, are, you know, are the leading teams we've got, we've got today, so, you know, you can't... <laughs> you really can't look at... Uh, at anyone outside Team Vodafone, HRT, or um, or uh, FPR, or even even Jim Beam now. Mm. All right, Alan, your thoughts on the most daring team to go outside the box? Uh, my thoughts on that would be, uh, you know, I hope one day that um, Gary Rogers Motorsport, as, as much as, as I like them, and they've always been stable with their sponsors, with Alvaline, and, and of course now with um, Fujitsu. But 
I would love to see um, their creativeness that they put into some of their um, on-track activities get put into sponsorship. Mm. Of course, uh, I had the Daily Planet before, but I also think that uh, Paul Morris would be the most likely to go out on a limb. And, uh, of course, he had the big Kev car when he first came into V8s, didn't he? Who will, well, will Queensland Raceway make it to the final schedule, Alan? Uh, in a word, yes. I think that um, eventually wiser heads will prevail and one way or another it'll certainly be on the schedule for, uh, for 2010. Beyond 2010, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Gordo, you're the man yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, can't afford not to, mate. Um, you know, common sense will prevail in the end. Uh, as touchy as the subject is between both parties, um, it'll definitely be on the schedule this year. Mm. Simon McNamara said to you, Gordo, that he wants Holden to dominate. Well, he's got three quarters of the field. How hard is it going to be not to dominate for Holden? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, weight in numbers, uh, certainly got that. But, um, but you know, he, he's, uh, I had a, a lengthy chat with, with Simon at uh, Sydney um, and he, he um, explained, uh, you know, firm thoughts on, on how he, he, uh, he plans to, uh, you know, Holden Motorsport plan to dominate the championship this year. And uh, um, it would be... Uh, it would be a foolhardy person to disagree with that. Um, so, uh, you know, and they've got uh, the champion, you know, uh, the, the driver's champion for the last two years team on board now, Team Vodafone. Um, you know, one of the points that uh, Simon touched on was, you know, he was very scathing in the way Ford has handled its motorsport affairs over the last couple of years and pointed out uh, the reasons why. You know, he said that Ford dropped the ball. Um, he said uh, he said he can't... Alan? Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I, I, I tend to agree with, um, with Gordon that it, it's going to be very hard in terms of weight of numbers and that they've uh, definitely got the, you know, the two, what has proven to be the two best teams in the, uh, in the championship in the, in the last few years. But I wouldn't uh, totally discount Ford just yet. I think that there's a, a one Dick Johnson Racing and uh, James Courtney that might uh, prove a bit of a fawn in their side next year. Well, you're answering my next question. Can Ford pull their V8 supercar credibility out of the fire? But uh, unless I've uh, missed it, Dick Johnson Racing hasn't got Ford money just as yet. Well, not just as yet, but um, that's a a work in progress, shall we say. I I think that um, very soon, um, if the... um, the whispers that I'm hearing in the industry are right that uh, Ford will somehow be funneling some money towards uh, towards Dick Johnson Racing and um, that they will be the team. Though, you know, I certainly wouldn't discount Ford Performance Racing, but the big problem with Ford Performance Racing is consistency. They've just got to do something to, uh, to find consistency. Um, whatever that is, I'm not really sure, but um, to date, they just, um, if there seems to be... A, small, you know, 50 cent part that will go wrong somewhere in a race or a silly mistake in the pits that can be made. It seems to be FPR that uh, that it always happens to. So they've just got to sort that out somehow and, and find that consistency. i got a funny feeling. Gordo, are you still there? Yes, well, and then the other thing too is a battery in the boot that hasn't been fitted properly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Gordo, Ford, how are they going to get some credibility back? Oh, look, it, it's going to be difficult, but I think uh, I think they they made moves late last year. Well, I know they did 
to reassess their uh, involvement in V8 supercars because you know they can they can see what's going to happen this year. Um, and uh, I, I know for a fact that in some way. Looks like Gordon might have been saying some way, shape or form they will be back. They will be back, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that um, maybe FPR has fitted Gordo's batteries to his phone by the sound of it. It does seem like it. Gordo, we'll let you go. We know you've got those FPR batteries in the phone and they're not working as well as they should. I've just gone to the reserve battery. <laughs> And, uh, well, we put words into your mouth, but uh, we figured you were saying that Ford have had a wake-up call and there's no way they're not going to have Dick Johnson Racing with a logo. Yeah, yeah. look, that's my understanding. Um, there's, there's no firm commitment yet, but uh, whether it be panels or some, some kind of technical support, they'll be on, back on board, and rightly so, with Dick Johnson Racing this year. All right, guys. Pleasure to catch up with you once again here on the V8 Insiders. We're looking forward to a very big 2010. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Up next, Kim Jones speaks about 2010 in Brad Jones Racing. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Murphy from the Sprint Guest Racing Team, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Kim Jones joins us on the, the V8 Insiders. We caught up with him just before Christmas. The decision to expand the team, which everyone's been talking about, how have you seen that transition? Uh, panic. Um, look, the perfect model in this world is four cars. or out of the one garage. Um, how you get to that is a difficult step because the commercial relative is in our business, as in my brother and I, um, we have to be able to commercially fund that. And it's quite a difficult task. You know, we've been not struggling, but probably doing it on the lower end of the budget scale um, most of our lives. Um, and to step up and take on another vehicle and then hopefully sometime in the future another one again, um, it's quite daunting. But it's just about how you put, package your deals and how you make it all work. And so far, touch wood... Um, We've come out in the black at the end of each year and we need to be keep doing that. Well, not too far into the red anyway. <laughs> when you look at uh, your three-car model for this year, does that put you into the black or, you know, is, is it touch and go again? How long is a piece of string? Uh, the, the, when you look at V8 supercars as a business and take away all the emotion and everything else out of it, the sporting part and all that stuff, if you were to say to a commercially savvy person. I want you to run a business which turns over a couple of or multi-million dollars in a 12-month period. I want you to have your income basically set at the start of the year. You're not to know what your outgoings are going to be until the end of the year. Um, You have to work on a 12-month cycle because that's basically as long as most of your deals go for. And I want you to run a successful business. (laughs) Okay, you're crazy. You just cannot do that. Um, so will we, is, is it a model that 
uh, has profitability? I'd like to think so. Uh, do I know? No. Does anybody know? No. Because if you write off three or four cars during the year, uh, you're definitely not going to come out in the black. Mm. Um, so it, it's a very difficult business model to try and manage and to work with. And there's not too many people that can do that. As is testament at the end of 2009 with um, the changing of licences. When you look at the uh, the business of racing cars, you started out because you enjoy it. Has that enjoyment diminished because business takes uh, over? No, look, it changes. At the end of the day, I know myself, I'm a mad keen motorsport fan. I watch two billy carts run down a hill. Uh, I watch the kids with those little gas-powered Formula One things. I find that quite interesting. Um, I'll race a go-kart. I'll drive a historic car. I'll drive anything that I can get my bum into, um, which has to be fairly wide-seated these days. Um, but our business, what was our hobby and our passion has become our business. Now, there's good things and bad things about that. We're one of... 39 cars that compete in a series in Australia. Uh, we've been privileged enough to finish second at Bathurst, um, to have pole position at Darwin. It's a fairly rewarding thing when you think of how many of the people there are in Australia, and we're right at the top end. Um, does it lose its passion? No, it's, your focus changes. It, it's about, instead of, when in the early days, it was just Bradley and I. And if we made a mistake, um, we just had to answer to each other. At the end of the day, we're brothers, and <laughs> it's, it's, a bit hard to, it's a bit hard to divorce your brother, no matter how stupid a mistake he makes or how stupid a mistake I make, um, because it's blood, and, and we used to get on. And I look now down in the workshop, and you've got 30-odd people that you have responsibilities to, you have families, you have kids, you have other parts of our family in the business. Uh, so there's all these external pressures on you, which makes you go out and get the money to make the thing survive. Um, I have a historic car, and that's what I enjoy with my passion. Um, one of Brad's kids is racing a go-kart, and I'm sure that he gets a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um, but at the end of the day, when we're successful in our business in V8 supercars, that's very rewarding as well. Um, so I think it still has, we still have that passion to do it. Of course, if we didn't, we wouldn't be doing it. We'd mm. go and do something else. But um, at the end of the day, anybody who is a motorsport fan, once you're beaten, you're beaten. And um, to be able to compete and get the frustration, you know, we have very little to do with the engineering or the building of the cars or any of that sort of thing, but I still stick my nose in it. I usually get it chopped off and what would you know, you old wanker. But um, <laughs> that's the way it goes. <laughs> I still have my say. Um it, but it's still interesting. It still motivates us. So I get up every morning and come to work. I don't have any problems with that. Um, but, you know, life changes. Um, the stakes are probably a bit higher. The rewards are, are fewer and far between. Um, but at the end of the day, we're competitive. We're in a very small market space. Um, and I think commercially, we give a very good bang for our buck. We work hard at that. Mm. And we're the only country-based V8 supercar team in Australia. Well, on one of those long drives home from Melbourne, uh, earlier in the season we had a good chat, and I guess that uh, we talked at that time about attracting guys to work in teams. 
what you've done now is you've put on an extra car. Yep. That's more people, maybe not to prep it, but definitely race weekend, it's more people to transport. It's more people that are involved in the team. How are you going finding them? Is it? You, you see the churn is huge. Uh, things have changed a fair bit in that arena. And uh, actually, we had someone come to us the other day who'd been working for another team. And uh, we said, look, we can't pay the most money, but we do make sure that you feel like you're part of the family and we sort of feel that we're all a big family here. And um, he said, look, up and down pit lane, yours is the very best thing to work for, bar none. And that's, that's renowned in our supercars, which is probably a little bit of a feather in our cap. Um, but we, we don't seem to be struggling um, too hard to find people at the moment. We've had a few um, a few Englishmen that have stolen loaves of bread or done something like that in England and been, we've exported them out here to show them the right way to steal the bread so you don't get caught. Um, all those sorts of things. But the majority of, you know, we're not having any trouble and I think that is from a little bit from the success um, that we've had this year. People can see that we're on and up. And now we've done with Jason Bright being here and Jason Richards and... My thanks to Kim Jones, also to Gordon Lomas and Alan Edwards. Until next time round, as the checkered flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.